Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Happy Monday, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on our Marriage Helper Live show today. My name is Kimberly Holmes. I'm the CEO here at Marriage Helper, and I'm joined by our wonderful host of the program, Dr. Joe Beam, who is back after being gone last week. We're glad to have you back, Joe. Thank you. Yes, I didn't have a good week last week. (laughs) (laughs) I wound up in the hospital with pneumonia. You know, but you got a great selection of food. At that hospital, I went to visit you, and there was this menu, and you could pick all of this stuff, and it was really more like a resort. Yeah, right. You saw the menu. You did not taste the food. There's a difference. You're right. I'm I'm glad I wasn't in that situation. Well, But the doc says I'm over the pneumonia. Just got still got to get past this cough. I'm doing much better. Glad to be back. Yes, we're glad to have you back, and thank you to everyone who had been sending up prayers and all of those things. We definitely felt them here as well. So we are going to jump in to today's show. We have a lot of callers, a lot of things that we want to be able to get to. And the first caller that we're going to get to today is Melissa from Ohio. Melissa, can you hear us okay? Uh, Yeah, I can. Hi. Hi, how are you? How can we help you today? So um, I've been married for four years and um, my husband left uh, two months ago. And I want to preface this by saying that my husband has really, really bad anxiety, like little things that most people would not give too much thought in and would think like, it's going to be okay. Like he blows out so out of proportion. Um, So, and he refuses to see anybody to try to find out, you know, how he can handle this. Um, But bottom line, the first two years of our marriage were great. Did he have anxiety in the first years of your marriage? Did he have anxiety earlier or has it developed recently? Um, no, it's it's a lifetime thing for him. It kind of runs in his family. He said his mom has real bad anxiety too. Okay. Um, okay. But in 2017, um, January, his birthday, we were headed out to dinner and we got in a really bad car accident that our car was totaled. We were okay. but oh. And then the same year in September, his father ended up passing away suddenly. Mm-hmm. And he had to go to India and do the funeral rites. And he's Hindu. So the funeral there is different. And he told me about the details and it sounded really, really traumatic. I know what it's like to lose a parent. Um but what he had to go through sounded very traumatic. And in 2018, he had a lot of immigration stress. Just he was fine, um, but he was filing for, you know, his citizenship and going through that process. And mm-hmm. his stress was just through the roof. And then 2019, February, he became a citizen. And I thought, okay, like he's going to settle down. He's going to be okay. And in the beginning of our marriage, he was happy with our life. He was happy with our home and everything we had going. And then it kind of slowly started to progress to the grass is greener. Like we should, you know, move. We, you know, he wants a VP position. He's in corporate. He wants a VP position. He's not getting it with his, you know, and he's just focused on like a title and more money and, uh, you know, grass is always greener. And um, if I may ask, how old is your husband? He's a whopping 35 years old and refers to himself as an old man. Hmm. Okay. And so our, our anniversary was in June and he left in July. He doesn't want to try to talk about things in general. So I had to kind of drag out of him what was bothering him. And he finally admitted that, you know, he wasn't happy and he listed all the, the things about me he wasn't happy with, which I, I will claim my stuff. If I'm in the wrong, I will claim it. And I said, I know mm-hmm. I'm like this. I want to go to therapy and work on me. I've been like this all my life. I want to go to therapy, work on me for that. And, you know, all and these other the problems that we thing? have. Of the things he said, Melissa, what was number one? Um, wow, there is a bunch, but... His his main frustration was that um, I have anger issues, and it's not like I hulk out. 
it's that I get frustrated on small things. Um, okay. But it, it passes quick. Um, and do you take your then, anger out on him when you get angry? Um, I'm sorry, do I think what? Do you take your anger out on him when you get angry? I do, yes. Um, okay. All right. It, yeah. It's, okay, it's so problem. he's been gone um, since tonight. July, right? Yeah. You said you've been gone so, since July, and I'm assuming from what you just said that you're getting some kind of help for your issues already. Is that true? Yes, I, I started seeing a therapist. Excellent. So how may we help you? So he's okay. I want to preface this by saying I always made it very, very, very clear in the very beginning of us even dating that I just never wanted to have children. It's just not in me. And I made it clear. So if he really wanted kids, he could make the decision to go find someone else. And he made it clear that he would always be happy if I changed my mind, but he knew and accepted that I wouldn't and that he wanted to be with me regardless because of how we connected and all of this. So when all of this mm-hmm. hit the fan, number one reason, and I think I don't believe it's the real reason, but he says that he wants kids and he's never going to mm-hmm. be happy without kids. And so he knows that's the button to push, to push me away. Because he's done this before, but he always comes back to me. And I the stress of everything that's making him feel. Because the reason he wants kids. I didn't hear the last thing you said. I'm sorry. um, I I think that, you know, his stress is causing him Mm -hmm. to want to run away. And that the kids button is something he can push to push me away. Because That's his reason, he says, mm-hmm. he says, if he doesn't find someone in a couple of years to have kids with, because he doubts he'll find someone, he will just go hire a surrogate and have one on his own. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not, he's not thinking logically or level. I mean, if he would have came to me in a calm state of mind and, and said all of these things, that would have made a little more sense. But he's told me before, well, if we would just have, like, he'd list all the problems he had. And then he said, but mm-hmm. if we just had a kid... We'd be, we'd be happy because it would make you be more responsible. So to me, that sounds like it's not about the kids. It's about me and my behaviors. Possible. It's possible. Did he say any of this before his dad died? Um, no. It was last October was um, when, like, he had an episode where he, he got really, really stupid drunk and like it was his truth serum. He doesn't normally drink that much, but like he mm-hmm. got really stupid drunk and, and confessed that he was having mm-hmm. this. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with his dad's death. Maybe he's not processing his grief right. Um, I mean, not that there's one way to grieve, but I know you can't just shove it down inside you. Um, I'm so really may concerned I ask again, that, how, how may we help you? What can we do for you? So I don't know whether to believe that it's about kids or if it's his stress and if he's going to come out of it, like how do I know if it's legitimately the kids thing or if it's the stresses that's in the relationship and he doesn't want to deal with it. So he's just going to run away. Let me ask you this question, Melissa. If you knew mm-hmm. that he, if you knew which one of those it was, what difference would it make? Mm-hmm. Well, for one, if it's, if it's really about the kids, Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can I can do, but if it's just because of the stressors of everything else, then I feel like I can still have the hope that you know if I'm just patient and I work on my pies and you know there may be a chance. But if it's really bottom line just about the kids, but with everything he says and the way he acts, I feel like it's it's not like there's no clear indication that that's definitely 100% it. Yeah. Like, if that was really the case, why would he get married to me? Well, we could go down that rabbit hole <laughs> and think <laughs> of all of the reasons of, of that. Um, it very well could be that his dad's death stemmed a lot of this, realizing, you know, just there's things that could have been unearthed there where he realized how important things were to him, or maybe not. Um, but either way, if. Now I now I've lost my train of thought of where. Well, I was if going. I may if I may jump in here, <clears throat> when um, 
when a person loses a parent, and you said that you've experienced mm-hmm. that, so you understand the pain that goes with it, but it is not uncommon mm-hmm. that they would also get a person to start reconsidering all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, what happens to the lineage? And particularly as it mm-hmm. comes through me, is this it? Is this the end? Right. Whereas a couple of years ago, four years ago, when you guys got married and you said, I'm not going to have any children, he's so madly in love with you at that point that he's thinking, I'll pay whatever price I need to pay. I'll, I'll sacrifice anything that's important to me be with, to be with you because I love you. And, of course, when people get together, particularly if you've been together for years, you begin to discover each other's flaws. And everybody has them. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the flaws. Mm-hmm. And so the idealism of the honeymoon tends to fade away and begin to face reality. Mm-hmm. Now, if you add to that the psychological burden that, that Kimberly was just talking about, that now his father has died, it may well be true mm-hmm. that what's happening here is that that death has put him into a a process of thinking, wait a minute, this may be the end of the line. And if, if it's the end of the line, then I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm hearing you say, based on what he's telling you, is he still loves you. Because he's telling you, well, maybe if I don't have some kids. But but if you're going to say, how do I know if he's telling me the truth or not? If he's saying it, how can you discount it? Right. In other words, if you say, I just don't believe that's it, then then what other reaction can he have but to say, you're not hearing me. You're not mm-hmm. understanding what's happening here. Now, could a solution be worked out where that you didn't have any children and he could still get what he wants? Believe it or not, that is a possibility, particularly with modern science. But, but I'm not trying to tell you to do that. I'm just saying I would not necessarily discount mm-hmm. the fact that he's telling you the truth because of the fact that the idealism of the honeymoon phase, or I want to marry you, I love you so much, to, well, now let's face reality, neither of us is perfect, to traumatic event, having to go back to India to marry his dad, uh, bury his dad, and then boom, uh, wait a minute, is, is this it? Because that drive within us to procreate for most people, is an extremely strong drive. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it typically comes out as a sex drive, but it's really a procreation drive at base. And so I would not discount him telling you what he really believes and thinks here. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm saying it would make it more difficult. But these are still the kind of things that potentially can be worked out, believe it or not, particularly with modern technology. Um, again, I don't want to get into all that right now because I'll start saying more than I know. And if I start saying more than I know, then we get really mixed up here. <laughs> but uh, I would suggest right now, have some conversations with him where you say, I really want to understand how you feel. Listen right. to him where you're not being angry, where he's not being drunk, where you guys can actually have some conversations. Mm-hmm. And if there's a way to solve it, it's going to start there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if, if we need to, we can help you find some people to deal with that once you start really communicating with each other. But right now, I'm suggesting that you're saying, even thinking, I don't know if that's the truth or not, probably is indicating a message to him that he's not being heard. That would be my guess. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know you. But that would be my guess. Right. It's just okay, thank you very much. I... We have to go to other callers here now. We have so many callers waiting for us. Have a ton. <clears throat> and we have, uh, this is Darren from Canada. We had asked him to call back a few weeks ago. Hi, Darren. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Dr. Bean? Thank you. Now, tell me what it was you were supposed to call me back about because we get so many calls. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, and I'm 140 <laughs> yeah. years old. So help me out here. It was, yeah, it was a while ago. Um, I had called in just struggling with um, connecting with my wife. Um, and you'd said, kind of think about things as though I'm dating. And once mm-hmm. I've been doing that for a while, things are going well, give you a call back, um, mm-hmm. kind of take it in steps. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been doing that. Um, quite honestly, we're probably getting along better than we have been married for 19 years, probably better than we have in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. We get along great. We're really great mm-hmm. friends and been trying to date her as much as possible. Okay. And um, we're just kind of struggling with, the physical side of things um as she worded it we're two good friends raising children together Mm -hmm. and so that's where my struggle is i don't know where to go from here okay you're still living together yes okay you sleep in the same separated for like three years no we haven't had sex i've had sex once in the last where we've had sex uh once in the last (laughs) but the question i asked was once in the last 15 years Yes. Wow. So this physical intimacy is a long-term thing. 
Yeah, um, a lot of it is she had some weight issues, and then I've I've discovered some recent things, some traumatic things from my childhood that has really led me to not be aggressive and show affection um, through a childhood traumatic thing that I feel like I've kind of gotten over, I've dealt with, um, but it's kind of like it's a little late, if you know what I mean. I should have dealt with this years ago, okay. but um, so that's where I struggle. And if I may ask, how old is your wife? Uh, 51. Okay. And you're about the same age? I am two months younger, yes. Okay. Has she been through menopause yet? Um, she's kind of coming into that. Okay. Believe it or not, that can start changing this. I'm not saying that it definitely will, but I'm saying it's a possibility that it can. Many women start, when the hormones start changing, when they start entering menopause, things start happening to the desire for sex, et cetera, et cetera. And then after menopause. Oh, she's had desire of sex. It's just been with other guys. <laughs> oh, okay. I misunderstood. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. And so is she in, a, in an affair now? I don't believe so. I believe that's all okay. ended. And that's been part of me dealing with my pies and kind of going through the process of everything you're teaching, which has been changed my life. And I thank you very much for that. And I think Thank we've you. kind of come to that place where things are better. It's just, where do we go now? Hmm. Are you wanting to be able to have sex again with her? Oh, yes. I've wanted so to both all along. Of, it's just, I can't, think I've that, never been good at showing it. You mean showing love or showing sexual interest? Showing affection and just if she pulled away at all, I would never force it. Um, mm-hmm. And so if she pu- she pulled away enough times that I just stopped trying. Mm-hmm. Where do you think she is in that now? Do you think she's open? Well, like I, last night was actually the conversation where she said, you know what, we're just two good friends raising children. So mm-hmm. I don't think she has, I think that attraction for me is if it ever was there is no longer there. That kind of thing can be real built, believe it or not. The uh, the thing is to start where people are and not worry about, well, can we get this back? Can we get that back? It's a matter of a step at a time. You're saying you're getting along better now than you have in 15 years. And so are you becoming more affectionate in the way that you interact with her? I've been trying to, yes. Okay. It's not your nature to be affectionate. Is that what you're saying? Um, I want to. I I just struggle with it. Um Essentially, I saw something happen to someone very close to me when I was young, and so I've never been forceful in any way with any woman, and I never would be. And so I struggle with if I don't feel that I've got the green light, I'm not going to try anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you are a pretty sensitive guy, right? Yeah, probably too much. Okay. All right. I'm going to recommend a book to you. Now, books typically don't solve problems, but this is a place to start. It's called Sexual Awareness. Get the fifth edition if you get it, Sexual Awareness, fifth edition. And it's by McCarthy, okay. Barry McCarthy. Barry McCarthy is out of a uh, American university. He's a great sex researcher, a great sex therapist. He's retired as a therapist now. But that particular book is a place to start reading. Now, based on whatever your beliefs and values are, Barry will say some things that probably are going to be outside the realm of your beliefs and values. But, but don't let that discourage you because of the fact that he's writing to a very broad audience of people. I suggest, though, that okay. you read that book. And if you find some, some things in there that are helpful to you, then slowly, graciously, kindly, gently ask her if she will read it with you a chapter at a time and talk about it. Now, if she says no, then there had to be another route. But if she says, okay, I'll do that, then read through it carefully. Now, there's also an exercise. Uh, have you talked, do you have a client representative with us that you interact with? Um, yeah, a while ago I talked with, I believe it was Aaron. Okay, call Aaron back or contact her by email if you have her email address. I know that you're in Canada. And, and when you do, uh, tell her that, that you want the, the, the guide that Dr. Beam developed, okay, about sex. And it's, it's basically an exercise to start reintroducing physical intimacy that goes very slowly. Now, if you take Barry's book, and Barry's a great guy, by the way, if you take Barry's book and you read through it first and see if there's anything beneficial, ask her if she will. If she does, a chapter time. Then, after you guys finish that, take this document that Aaron will send to you 
in this particular document, we'll take you through step by step by step some things that you can do to reintroduce physical intimacy into this. Now, I'm not saying this is the panacea. It might not be all the answers, but I think that's the next step in this journey. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank Thanks you for, for all you've done. You, you, like I say, you've made a change to me, and uh, I've been sharing the pies with everybody. So I just, mm, uh, that's uh, awesome. you're reaching more than even who you've reached. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. Now, if, if any of this works, call, call me back. Call us back. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, call us back. If it doesn't work, call us back. I'm sorry? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Have thank a great day. Thanks, Darren. He's a nice guy. Yeah, super nice. I like that guy. But, you know, most Canadians are nice. Have you ever noticed that? Sure, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I once helped a lady across a little ice puddle once in North Alabama, and she looked at me and said, are you Canadian? <laughs> I, I'm not making that up. And I said, what makes you, you think I'm Canadian? Canadian? She said, because you're nice. That's and I thought, so that's funny. pretty neat for a country that people that's would think so about that. Okay. And I think now, let's, you want to go to this Arizona call let's right Let's go. It. I believe their name is Saint. His name is Saint. Saint, are you there? I am. Hi, how can we help you today? Well, so, <laughs> um, so my wife and I, back in January, we had a split. Uh, started, we were separated for several months, uh, almost zero contact. That's when I really got deep in with uh, marriage helper and learning and trying to, you know, figure things out. Uh, we started mm-hmm. reconciliation months ago um may we got we started reconciliation things have been going pretty well um for the most part in may um right after getting back together there was a lot of learning of things that were done during the separation um Mm -hmm. and trying to just get all of the the dirty laundry essentially out there Mm -hmm. um we we had some good times and there would be an argument or something, but then things would be okay. There would be a little argument. We've been overall, I feel that we have been doing much better than we have in the past um, mm-hmm. and having forward movement with a couple of rocky steps here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so about three weeks, about a month ago or so, um, three weeks a month ago, uh, through a friend of mine, I found out, something else that I didn't know that involved uh, pretty much I found out that during our separation that she had slept with one of my best friends and mm-hmm. uh, um, that was something that it was a new piece of information to me even though during our talk we had said that we would move forward from everything that had happened and I mm-hmm. have felt like to have a firm grasp of forward movement away from the problems, you have to know exactly what you're moving on from. I don't want to be blindsided by things, whether you know, regardless of the time frame in which they happened at various points. So we sat down, I talked with her, and I said, look, this is how I'm feeling about it. Uh, this is what I would like from you. Um, it <clears throat> was received well, but then we had a few days in there where there was uh, some cold shouldering. Like I didn't – I was upset. We didn't talk for a couple of days. Then uh, after that, we, I felt that we had moved on from it. We, we, things were done that was asked, and we moved on from it. But apparently over the following couple of weeks, she was slowly putting together her plan to file for divorce. So this and why do you think Thursday, she did that? Yeah, that's a good – that's what I was thinking. Why, Saint, why do you think she did that? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, in asking – the, the response was that her response to me was that my response, the way I reacted to finding out that information and giving her essentially the cold shoulder for a couple of days um, and not that lack of communication was the breaking point. Um, mm-hmm. And so what do you think she was feeling when that was occurring? The way she has explained it was that she felt that what I asked her to do wasn't done in a timely manner or whatever the, whatever that case was, and that I was being uncaring or dismissive of her efforts. 
Okay. But what I just heard you say was how she described what you did. What do you think she was feeling when that was happening? She was feeling abandoned. Mm. Okay. So abandoned, judged, maybe guilt, those kinds of things possible? Possibly. She felt, the way she's explained it is that she felt abandoned by my cold children. And I had explained to her that it was was unintentional. I wasn't intentionally just cold shouldering her, but I recognized what she was explaining to me. And um, I promised that, you know, during future uh, arguments, right, because they're bound to happen, that during Mm -hmm. future time that I would be far more cognitively aware of that and to not repeat those um, actions. That's a good thing. Saying what you did was absolutely human, my friend. I mean, when a person gets unexpected information and, and they think that they already know everything and they find out things like that, particularly with the betrayal because it was a best friend, what, what you did was very human. To get angry about it, the cold shoulder is very human. And so please don't hear anything I'm saying is any kind of a chastisement of you. I think you did what most of us would do, male or female. But if you're trying to put a marriage back together, the reconciliation process is rather tricky. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just moving back into the house together and think you're going to make it. Right. The reconciliation process actually has several phases or steps. We're, we're developing a product now that hopefully by the end of the year we will have out that will actually go through each of these steps. So the first thing I want to tell you, my buddy, is don't beat yourself up. Obviously, it worked out badly, but don't beat yourself up for being human. Secondly, are you guys having any kind of communication with each other now at all? Yes. Yeah, so – so Thursday, um, she reached out to me. Like, we were, we're still living together. We still are sleeping in the same room and things like that. Um, and Thursday, uh, she's just acting, like, over the last couple of weeks, she's been acting a little distant. So I put it out there that, hey, it feels like you are dealing with something. I'm, I'm ready to listen when you're ready to talk. I've tried to take her out on dates. I have, um, you know, actually, it was Wednesday night last week. She came home, and I had... Uh, cleaned up our room and I lit candles and I got her this nice little card. It was mm-hmm. just a situation. I was just trying to be but nice and sweet. And then the but she reacted negatively? Filed. Okay. She reacted no. negatively to that. No? The next day she filed for divorce. You wouldn't call that a negative reaction? Right. So she got reacted very well. And the following day, um, she apparently left school when she was done with school that day, went to the courthouse and, and filed. And then that night when we got home, she, in a, it, as compared to the, our history of where uh, something like that would come out in a very uh, nasty way, she sat down mm-hmm. in a very calm, collected, um, well-thought-out way, and she shared with mm-hmm. me a letter that she was writing. And it said, you know, I want a divorce. Um, I love you. I'm in love with you. Uh, you know, whatever. I just don't think that we can do this together. And then over the last couple of days, yesterday being the last one, uh, I sat down, like we had a discussion and I said, I think that there's other ways that this can be dealt with. We know what the problem is, kind of like an alcoholic. You realize what the problem is. Now that you know what the problem is, you can address it specifically. Um, we've, we've narrowed down specific issues that we have with each other and together and now we've moved past the, the analogy that I gave her was if we were escaping prison, we've now escaped the building and we swam the hundred yards of the crap. Yep. And, now we're and how did she, covered. how did she react to that conversation last night, my friend? It doesn't sound good. <laughs> how did she react to that conversation last night? She agreed if she had said, you know, that sounds great. It sounds wonderful. It sounds awesome. I, I'm just scared that we won't do it, that we can't do it. Okay. And, uh, and don't you think that's a reasonable fear for her to have? I do. And I told her that. I said, I, I completely understand where exactly you're coming from. But mm-hmm. same thing, I ask you a couple of quick questions. Are, are you the kind of guy that's kind of driven to get things done, to make things happen? Is that kind of your personality? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is she more generally passive or is she just as aggressive as you? Uh, she's just as aggressive. Uh, okay. One of the one of the jokes about is that the reason we fight so hard is because we love so hard and we're both hard headed. Okay, I, you know I'm thinking I'll agree with that. And I have <laughs> <one of you. laughs> 
I haven't met either one of you, but I think I'm going to agree that you're hard. <laughs> They're good traits to have, but they can right. make some things a little more difficult. <laughs> Saint, I'm going to tell you this. What you're describing is fixable, my friend. Mm-hmm. Trust me. What Your fact that she says she loves you, that she's mm-hmm. in love with you, what she's telling you is we don't know how to do this. And we both are the kind of people that tend not to lean on other people. We tend to do things ourselves. And we haven't figured out how to do this. And if we can't figure out how to do this, maybe it can't be done. That's what I'm hearing. And so if that's the case, then the thing to do is to back off a little bit, my friend, and say, you know, you you may be right. We may not be able to do this ourselves. We're both intelligent. We're both go-getters. We make things happen. But even people like us sometimes need to get some help. And, And if you can just back off a little bit. Now, if you back off too much, it's actually going to work against you because mm-hmm. if she's aggressive and you back off and become passive, things will go badly. And so it's a matter of here having a balance of being aggressive enough that, that she feels that she's being met equally, but not so aggressive that she feels like we're never going to get anywhere with this. But I'm telling you right now, my friend, this thing you're describing is mm-hmm. fixable. Are you talking okay. to anybody in our organization by any chance, any of our client representatives? I have not. Um, I would like to, the last piece of this story is, so with last night's discussion, she, uh, where she says, I completely understand, because I had suggested, you know, individual counseling, I'm, I'm already in counseling, she has counseling as well, but um, I suggested that we both go to our own counseling and then pick up marriage counseling as well, you know, something that we can both go to together, just to kind of help for now, we want to go to the seminar, um, still, we still both do um, just a financial thing. And, um, and then the last thing that she had said to me last night was, listen, here's a kind of a final offer for you, is that I'm the papers, give, grant me the divorce. Don't, don't keep me held in uh, or, or feel like I'm being captive by the paperwork. And we don't even have to tell anybody that we're divorced. We'll continue living together. We'll continue essentially doing exactly what we're doing, but working mm-hmm. on all the I've mentioned that we've talked about and I had brought up. Right. But, but mm-hmm. without the paperwork. Yeah. And, and, of course, my friend, whatever you do is totally your decision. And if you want to sign that paperwork, it's definitely up to you if you think that's a good idea. Uh, obviously, I don't know her and I don't know you, so I can't tell you whether it's a good idea or not. But in general – when we see these kind of situations, mm-hmm. we say that quite often people make those kind of statements and actually what they have is something planned very different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you decide to do it, go ahead and do it. But, but understand that once you sign those papers, then whatever leverage you have can be lost very rapidly. But again, it's your decision, my friend, to do what you do. I would recommend that if you call one of our, just call here and we'll give our number here on the screen in just a second. It's a, uh, uh Okay. Give that call and ask for one of our client representatives. And when you do, uh, ask them, just talk to them a little bit and they can ask you questions, help things, things through. And one thing you may seriously want to consider is talking to one of our coaches who can spend much more time because of the fact that our producers just pointing fingers and saying, you've got to move, you've got to move because we have so many callers waiting out there. So more time than we have here. But if you can yeah. line up a session with one of our coaches, they can help you by asking a lot of your question, good questions here. And so we're going to Beth in Texas. Beth, are you Hello? There? Yes, I'm here. Hi. <laughs> okay. Good. Hi. How may, how may we help you, Beth? Um, I'm sort of in a situation right now, um, kind of going through another type of affair with my husband this time it's more emotional, but I did find sexual pictures from the woman. Um, my husband has already got a another job lined up two and a half hours away, close to where the woman lives, and she's mm-hmm. still married. And he, I'm sorry, my baby's with me too. It's, <laughs> so it we're is kind quite of all right. Chatting we, over we here. Like, <laughs> we we he like. He just woke babies. up from his nap. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So. He has an apartment already lined up um, for October 5th. He's going to be leaving here September 28th. Um, Pretty much, you know, said he was done. He was going to file. He's had it. You know, he's he's done. Um, He's been talking to her on the phone every night. Um, He feels like, you know, he doesn't no longer owes me anything after he said he was done. He doesn't have any accountability to me at all. 
Um, and like right now he hasn't filed because pretty much I think he doesn't want to go through the battle and obviously finances and everything. And he knows what I would do, you know, have to do the at fault thing. Um, five years ago, uh, he confessed to a seven months of physical affair, emotional and physical. And we got through that. Um, but never really did any real counseling. We saw a pastor a couple times. I was very pregnant with my other daughter, so we didn't really pursue. Um, it wasn't until 2017 that he confessed. He was talking to this high school girl, the same one that's in the situation now, high school friend, who actually was involved in his first marriage, and then he ended it with her for the sake of the marriage. Then his ex-wife, mm-hmm. at the time his wife, filed for divorce, um, and then he met me shortly after. And so then we got married, and I really didn't know much about this person except I met her at his high school reunion. He didn't tell me really anything about her. After um, his confession with the affair in 2014, she texted him, I miss you. Well, he told me that, and I was like, "Uh, no, no, you need to keep this person out of your life. I don't like her. You know, he's telling me about how her husband Mm -hmm. abuses her and all this other stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't care because – this is a situation that is just going to keep you feeling like you need to help her. And this is what we first, this is how we started out in the affair. Okay. So he's leaving you now. He's going to move two and a half hours away. He's not going to divorce you because of the financial reasons is what I've just heard you say. Have you made any kind of arrangements where he will financially take care of responsibility for you and your children? Has that been discussed? Yes, he has talked about that, Um, you know, and he's pretty much been acting like, you know, he didn't care and everything like that. And I started changing my approach with things. I really started working on my pies. I started doing different things like that, Um, just spending a lot of time in prayer as well. And, you know, and and that's – and what I'm struggling with is just that, you know, we've actually – let's see, was it – I brought the kids over for him to see them on Saturday – and then he started kind of playing around with me, kind of like smacked my rear end when we were walking by. And I'm like, why is he doing all that? If he's like really, if he wants to be with this person, why is he doing this with me? And he's just, he still acts mm-hmm. like that. And then, mm-hmm. then we were intimate and then we were intimate. And so mm-hmm. my frustration is, you know, what, what does he really want? Is he conflicted? And I don't True. really know how I can help and what I can do. Right. Point, well, you know he's conflicted. Because, he's conflicted because yeah. of the fact that he's going to take a job. He's going to move two and a half hours away, yet he's still making love to you. Does he enjoy being around his children? Yes, he does. Okay. He, so he the man, has, the man is he has been kind of doing, yeah, he had been leaving okay. on the weekends to, you know, go up there. And he claims he mm-hmm. hasn't had anything physical, mainly because he said that she is in a situation where she's being controlled and so she can't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. he's maybe gone to see her at his work and stuff like that. Right. But, yeah, so and, and I'm struggling not confronting mm-hmm. her because I'm no, don't really frustrated her. about this. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. don't confront her. I know where if she you is. Confront her, it's it's going to go – if you confront her, it's going to go very, very badly, let me just say. Now, yeah. I'm not God. I don't know everything, and so I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But, Kimberly, we have, so not. we have faced so many situations over so many years, and we know yeah. that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it won't, it won't go. That won't be will at all. So what, it is, yeah. what is it that we can help you with, Beth? I just want to know what else I can do. Um, I've been looking into doing the online course and then, you know, I was looking at coaching, but then I thought maybe I need to do the online course. And I've just been kind of going back and forth with that. Um, just because I really mm-hmm. don't know what more I can do right now. Um, mm-hmm. We, I was staying over at my parents' house. We did end up with a bad situation where um, I thought that he was getting too aggressive. And so I stayed mm-hmm. with my parents um, and with the kids and then I came mm-hmm. back here, so I've been at the house, and he's been here, and he mm-hmm. didn't leave or anything like that. And I actually told right. him, I said, I don't know what's going on. You know, he was spending money at the hotels for him to go up there and yeah. get things situated up there, he said. But okay. I told him, I said, well, I have to take the money away and take, and so we can pay bills still because I don't know what you're doing. And he seemed right. to respect – excuse me, he seemed to respect that – and then went out with us as a family to go eat on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where where does he really stand? And he told me he doesn't want to do any changes until he sees me change. I struggle with PTSD and anxiety, and I'm currently mm-hmm. going through EMDR therapy now. 
Good, um, good for you. But it's, so I'll ask the question he, he again, Beth, because like, I'm missing it here. The question I have for yeah. you is, what, what is it that we can do to help you? What are you asking us for? It, would I, doing the online course or, or coaching, I, I, I just don't know at this point what's best. Um, honestly, doing both probably financially is not feasible. I mean, I could possibly okay. do it if it's I'll really, make that really. Easy for you. Do you okay. have a client representative here? You have a client I representative. I do. I've been talking to Rusty. 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 Rusty's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. If you will get the coaching, I will give you the online course. How about that? Oh, wow. But you okay, have, you yeah, have to go, you have, you'll, you'll have to pay for the coaching. I can't give you that because we have oh, to pay Oh, no, I understand people. that. Thank you. <laughs> but if you sign up for the coaching, I will give you the online course. I'll tell Rusty that. And when you call him back, then, then that takes that question away. And then uh, get with one of our Thank good you. coaches. Get with one of our good coaches and and keep fighting for this marriage because it sounds to me that even with PTSD, you are a strong woman, and and we really Thank want you. you to, we want to help you save this marriage if we can. Okay, so Thank call us so today. Much. I really appreciate you're very welcome. Okay. 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 I know, boss. You're going to chew me out. <laughs> Not going to chew you out. How can I chew you out? I would never. I would never. I'm not supposed to be giving things away. Oh, my goodness. You're making me so <laughs> Well, it's not you. I, I, I made a promise to the whole organization. I'd quit giving things away because of the fact that as a nonprofit, we discount things anytime we need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just me. This entire organization exists to serve people, and we mm-hmm. are a 501c nonprofit, mm-hmm. 501c3 nonprofit. And we often discount things when people are in financial difficulty. And when people have money, we say, yes, we want you to pay it because that's how we maintain this. That's how we continue to do what we do and we know that what we give you is worth a whole lot more mm-hmm. than what you pay for so we never feel badly when people pay, pay full price because it, you get a lot more than what you paid for but mm-hmm. when people sometimes are in situations and circumstances where finances are tough our folks will work with you they'll do anything they can and that's what i mean about it. it's like dr bean you quit giving things away let our people do their jobs and so uh, Sorry, boss. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're good. A lot of the callers that we've had today, there's just, there has been so many good situations of, man, if you had a coach who really could have time to sit with you, help you process some of these things and see, even going back to one of the first callers we have of just getting people to think about what are the decisions that you are willing to make or willing to change or willing to think about differently in order to possibly save your marriage? Where are your lines? Where are your cores? All of those things that we talk about. And it's hard for us to do that on the show because we only have a limited time with all of you. We don't know you. We don't know your spouses, but we care. We absolutely Mm -hmm. care. And even thinking about the, uh, the caller that just called talking about the reconciliation. Oh my goodness. It's so often that people are like the people who are listening to this show where they're in the middle of the crisis and they would just think if my spouse would end whatever they're doing the affair, whatever, if they would just come home, then things would get better. And they try to reconcile piecemealing things together, but they don't really know quite what they're doing um, because either they don't want to spend the money or they don't know who to go to. They don't know who to trust. They don't know who to believe. And it's in that reconciliation process, believe it or not, so many times people come back to us saying, this is what's caused our real crisis. Mm -hmm. The affair was one thing, but now we're trying to put this back together. This can't, we can't make it work. We can't make it happen. When in reality, they just need someone to help guide them through it. Exactly. That's all they really need. And so we love being able to help people in all of those circumstances, especially being able to just get our coaches and sitting with them, guiding them through how to do it. And then they can come out the other side and see we could put this back together. We did put this back together. We almost threw this away, but we didn't have to. Right. <laughs> I am sorry. Still recuperating from this pneumonia thing. At least I'm not contagious. That's why. <laughs> but I'm coughing this direction just in case. Okay. Okay. Right. Yes. The online course is actually coming to its 10-week end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do 10 weeks at a time, and mm-hmm. tomorrow night I'll do the 10th call mm-hmm. because the online course not only has videos that you go through online and workbooks that you work through, but every Tuesday night, and we may change that around some, but every Tuesday night we do an hour-long call where people type in questions, and it's usually me. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's Jim, mm-hmm. but usually me, and we answer as many of those questions as we possibly can, and we take a theme for each one of those calls, like you and Jim this past Tuesday night when I was in the hospital. You guys talked about pies. 
okay, how the, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, that's right. what we call pies, how that's those great. things work. Mm-hmm. Now, the 10th one's tomorrow night, which means in about, what, three or four weeks, yeah. we open enrollment again. We'll open enrollment for the Save My Marriage program again at the end of October. Okay, so a little bit, what, about six weeks away then? No, five no. weeks. <laughs> four weeks. It's. It, I think it's about three or four weeks away because it's almost Christmas, basically. How, how long was I in the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> it seems I, like a couple of months have passed by. I can guarantee you my mother will be decorating tomorrow for Christmas. <laughs> it is almost that time. No, I've been able to hold her. <laughs> hold her off. To hold the, her to off. The, to the first of November. That's, I'm all, hold her for that. But once we get there, she takes off. She takes but, off. And so the enrollment will soon be open again. And how can they find that when that opens up? Oh, man. Well, we'll do a lot when we're opening because it'll be the last launch of the an open registration period for the Save My Marriage course for this year. So we'll be doing a lot. We'll be sending out emails, letting people know about it. We'll be talking about it on this program. But be sure you're on our email list. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting emails from Marriage Helper, then you're missing out. Because every Monday, we're sending out emails about our live show. Every Thursday, we're sending out emails about our new YouTube videos that are going up. So you're the first people to know and to access. And anytime we're doing other exciting things, um, we're sending you emails. So if you want to be on our email list, go to our website and <laughs> Figure out a way to get on it. I don't know a good a good page to go to, but uh, you could even uh, call our office and just say, "Hey, I want to be put on the email list." And our office staff is going to kill me for saying that. But yes, yes, <laughs> but be sure that you do something to get on that list because we're sending out updates all the time. Okay, so they can call that eight six six nine zero three zero nine nine zero number to get on the mailing list, mm-hmm. or could they email something like info at or something like that? You know, they could, or they could go to marriagehelper.com and find one of the forms. And if you're if you're already in a space where you're saying I want to know a little bit more about this coaching or the online course or the workshop that they do, you can fill out one of those forms that automatically puts you on the email list, and you'll get a individualized follow up from one of our client relations reps that is just going to tell you a little bit more about the things we're off we offer and it can see if it's a good fit for you. So I would encourage you, if that's something you're thinking about, go to our website and fill out one of those forms. And in addition to all of it, go to our YouTube channel Uh and subscribe because our YouTube channel every day people who are calling our office are talking about how much help those videos have helped them. And those are all free. They're all free. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. They're not going to help you if you don't go watch them. So that's (laughs) youtube.com Slash marriage helper. Okay, marriage helper. Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. 60% of the people who watch our YouTube videos haven't subscribed. I'm watching you. (laughs) I know where you are. You need to subscribe. Okay, let's go to Kim in New York. Hi, Kim. Are you there? I'm here. How may we help you today, Kim? Hi. um, I I guess I'll give you a quick background. Um, My husband and I have been married for about going to be seven years together, nine um, and about a in beginning of 2018, last year, uh, my husband had started a new job. Right before that, he talked about, you know, how he loved our marriage, loved our life. We have two kids. Um, we got married, immediately had a kid, then a year later, another one, got a house. So everything went quickly. Um, he he uh, was talking about how he just needed a better job, and he has, you know, anxiety, a lot of it. Um, and he started a new job, and... Um, about a year, basically, end of last year, um, he kind of flipped a switch, kind of checked out of our marriage, um, became very, um, he's very reserved, very quiet, doesn't, um, you know, very friendly, kind of can adapt to whatever environment he's in. Um, Mm -hmm. And he does have, um, like, he kind of uh, basically checked out and became very cold, very mean. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, and I had never experienced that from him before. before that happened? Did anything in uh, his life or your life happen in the two or three months before that happened? Well, actually, it turned out he was having an affair okay. since the beginning of this new job. But right before the okay. job, he talked about how, you know, he was very happy. The only thing he needed was a new job. Um, starting the new job, he actually ended up having an affair. I didn't find out till this summer. Um, so when he checked out of our marriage, I thought it was me, something that mm. he said, you know, I know I'm hurting you, but... I I don't want to work on our marriage, and there's nothing, like, I I don't have it in me to change right now. Turns out around that December time is when, I guess, she was married. 
her husband filed for divorce. And then a couple of months later, which was earlier this year, she ended up moving out at the time. So I didn't know any of this, but at the time where she, I guess, moved out a month or two later, my mm-hmm. husband said he needs space. And he ended up uh, wanting space. I said, no, let's try to take it in the house. Because, you know, I've heard that separation to work on a marriage is not good. But um, so I said, you know, can we just work on it in the house, you know, take your time, whatever. Then ended up finally just gave in in May. He moved out for two months. Um, Then he came back home. And he was very cold, very cold, until basically in July I found out he was having an affair. And apparently it ended, I guess. So he's, he's been home. Um, mm-hmm. He's more involved with the kids and with me, but um, is not emotionally there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what he said. The aspect, emotional aspect, was missing. And he, mm-hmm. you know, we went to see somebody. He said that I, um, or that he, is physically attracted still, but not emotionally attached. And maybe in the future it might happen again. I guess my question mm-hmm. would be: Is it like I'm still working on it the whole time? You know, even after all of this, I'm willing to forgive, but I'm not. You know, I know I can't forget, but I will forgive, but I also won't be that woman that sits at home while he's still having that affair. I just, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I, you know, it was too much on me because I felt like it was all me initially. And right. I took a, I, and I raised my kids for like a year myself. He kind of checked out of the marriage, did a lot of drinking, mm-hmm. and he ended up, um, and like for this person who never liked to drink alone or anything like that, he does now. Not not as an alcoholic at home, but he'll go, you know, at a bar and he goes out and he thinks. I, I told him you prioritize, you know, work and uh, before family. He doesn't believe that because he says I'm still here, aren't I? So I guess my question would be: Is it? I want to continue to try to work on the marriage. He's still here, which, you know, to me, if he didn't want to be here, wouldn't he leave? Or I don't know if mm-hmm. he's here more for practical reasons because financially, yes, we do better together. But he also knows that I can't. I'm sorry? There could be any number of reasons he's there. There could be any number of reasons. But let me tell you what's most likely happening. Now, understand, I don't know him. I don't know you. And and I don't have the all-seeing eye. But because of the fact that we deal with so many of these situations, let me tell you what I believe is happening. okay? Okay? When a man or a woman, for that matter, but when a person gets into what we call a limerent affair, this thing called limerence, we talk about a lot, then the emotional connection that happens with the other person, and I know that you don't want to hear this, but we, we tell the truth always, even if it's what you don't want to hear. He, he clicked but, with her, right? I'm sorry? He clicked with her. Uh, he clicked, he clicked her. like, yeah, yeah like but, he wanted uh, to, he, he felt that love there. Yes, it's a thing. It, it's actually I, I don't have time to explain it. We have a lot detail. of videos on YouTube about it. Yes, okay, I'll, I'll look it up. Delimerous mm-hmm. things. I explained it in greater detail there. Kimberly does some explaining on there as well, and you can get a lot better in thing. But that strong, intense emotional connection that happens there. Okay, it's overpowering. It's almost like addiction. It's extremely similar to addiction. It's even similar to obsessive compulsive disorder. Believe it or not, does that a happen, lot of happening a lot? Of, is does that happen a lot to people that have that um, addictive personality? You don't. Have he to does have, have a sort of personality. addictive personality. Okay, that that can be a factor, but no, limerence can happen to anybody whether they have that kind okay. of uh, personality or not. But I could see how it can be more intense with a person with an addictive personality. But when they get into that, the chemicals in the brain, all those kinds of things become overpowering, and they feel those amazingly strong emotions. And that's when he clicked off with you. When finally that got to a certain point where it was so powerful, so overpowering, the only way he could probably live with himself was to distance himself emotionally from you so as to not be eaten to death by guilt. Now, it appears, based on what you said, that at some point that thing ended. Good. That doesn't mean that those emotions in him disappear that fast. They do not do that. They ebb over a period of time. And what most people do when they, when they have a thing like that in is they actually go into a period of grief it's a mourning period. And I know, uh-huh. again, that's the kind of thing you don't want to hear because it's like, how dare he mourn her? He's married to me. Uh-huh. And I understand kind of it. That, okay, well, good. They don't do it on purpose. It's what's happening inside of here. And what you're describing sounds to me like a perfect example of, of a person going through a grief and mourning period. Now, while he's doing that, he's healing, but the healing doesn't take place instantly. It, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And it takes several months to occur. Now, the fact that he's still physically attracted to you is actually a very good sign. And saying that maybe someday I might be emotionally attracted to you, he cannot be right now because of what he's 
going through as he goes through this grief and mourning period. But he will get through it. And and if you can endure that. Now, I understand. I don't blame you for saying if, if I wind up finding out he's still in the affair, I'm going to do something about this. I get that. You sound to me like a very strong woman. But if... <laughs> If you can be there through this grief period and try to understand and be compassionate, then what's going to happen is, and particularly good because he's still physically attracted to you, at some point he's going to want to make love to you again. And if you decide you want to do that, then the emotional connection begins to rebuild. It'll be rebuilt even if you don't make love with each other because of the okay, fact then, then that Okay, then can I just interject? There. He did already, Absolutely. and I did allow it. But he also says that um, he knows how to separate that physical attraction from the emotional attraction. That sex is just sex. Ignore that. Do you think he's just talking? (laughs) Because he also told me he doesn't love me the same. But earlier this year, he told me that he, you know, he's, that he does love the way I love him and that, um, that he's still here. But that was in the beginning of the year. Right. So when he says things like that, I know those things hurt Kim and, and, and you know, you reach over and suck him in the nose. I get that. Yes, I but, want to, but I don't. I bite my tongue. Good, good. Because you're st- it's still a perfect description of a person going through the mourning period. And, okay. and uh, if you can endure it and be patient enough with him as he heals from this, you will actually have a stronger marriage in the future than you had in the okay. past. Believe it or not, we've seen it. How many times, Kimberly? Just thousands and thousands Mm -hmm, of times that if indeed you can get past this, then your marriage will be stronger, more deeply Mm -hmm. loving than it was before. But there's a period of healing here. There's a period of healing. And if Mm -hmm. you can continue doing what you're doing now, I think you probably are going to be okay. Now, we do really want you to go watch those videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, I'll do that. If you come to the conclusion that you might want to talk to some of our people, you know, as a coach who can help you through this, we've got some great coaches that can help you step by step by step through this. And if you and your husband at some point want to come to our workshop, because that's where the great healing can take place, because we can explain so many things in three days that we can't do in any other fashion. Mm-hmm. And so it's open, at some point, right? To be. No, no, no. We have people come all the time that walk in the door, look me in the eye or our folks in the eye and say, I'm out of here. I came to get a deal on divorce. And so just get get this thing over with so I can get out of my marriage. And 77% of those turn around and save the marriage. So, no, they don't have to feel good. Really? Because uh, we did talk separation. Um, but then I would prefer, obviously, not to do because I feel like once the separation happens, I know some people the heart goes fonder. In my case, I learned to kind of live without, and I think he's kind of mm-hmm. like that also. Um, mm-hmm. And with two little kids, I have to look out for their best interest also. Mm-hmm. But I do right. want to. Marriage is marriage for me. Like I took my vow seriously, and mm-hmm. even with this, I've, I'm willing to move forward. It just separation wouldn't be. Like, it's best to be in the same house as much as you can, right? Absolutely. I think you're an extremely intelligent person. I think you've got some good (laughs) um, grasps Mm -hmm. on things. I'm trying to tell you this. We would only recommend recommend separation if somebody's in danger. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, we say if you can stay together. In other words, all the things you just said, we agree with. Okay? Okay. We we think you're doing well. So please use those videos and give a call and talk to some of our folks if you want to here because I, we have to move then, on. We get one more call okay. before we get go off there. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. All right. We're going to go down here all the way back to the state of Tennessee. Uh, it's a question for you to answer, Kimberly. Hi, Melissa. How may we help you today? Um, hi. I am um, I'm working on my pies, and um, I'm in the pies boot camp, and um, I am – I'm sorry, I probably should give you some background first, but um, my hus- I found out um, over a, w- a little over a week ago that my husband is having an affair, and I confronted him, and in that horrible conversation, he asked me for a separation. Um, he mm-hmm. is still in the house. He's staying in our um, guest room, and mm-hmm. um, but I feel like since then he has decided to expand on this relationship he I don't know that it was physical before um I'm starting to think maybe it is now I'm not sure but anyway I'm I'm working on my pies and I'm really focusing on bettering myself and I feel like I'm already making a lot of great strides but um my husband is a classic I just found this out the classic rescuer personality he is drawn to women who are in bad situations 
um, and scary situations usually, which is how, you know, kind of that was what I was going through at the time when we met. And he has a past mm-hmm. with that. And this woman that he's with now is in that situation. And I'm just wondering if um, I'm, I'm committed to the pies. I'm just wondering if that is going to, because he needs to feel like he's rescuing somebody, if that's hmm. going to turn him away. I can, I can understand the question, and I hear the pain. Kimberly is our resident expert on pies. Kimberly? Oh, heaven. Well, first of all, you said you've only found out about the affair a week ago. So congratulations to you for deciding you're going to be proactive, you're going to do something about it. Um, it's not easy, and, but you sound strong. I know that it's hurtful, it's painful, all of those things but you're being amazingly strong. I am not familiar. I I know what you're talking about with the whole rescuer type thing. I know that Joe's read some research that has to do with this triangle thing that has to do with it. We've talked about a couple of times. My question is going to go back to this always, because this is not the first time someone's asked, well, if I do my pies and my spouse sees me as becoming stronger or more independent or these things, then they're just going to feel like I don't need them. And therefore might that push them away um, and this is a similar question to that in the same sense. And the question that I would always ask back to people who ask that is, so on the flip side, would you rather not become the best version of yourself in order to only keep your spouse around? And most of the time, people don't really know how to answer that because the pies, the whole concept about working on the pies, the whole vision of it that we want people to be focused on as they're working on it is I'm doing this number one for me. And only for me, I'm doing this to become the best that I can physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And there's so many realms of each of those areas that we could even go further into that we don't have the time and we, we haven't even done yet. But that intellectual and that emotional, especially the emotional, being the, the best that you can emotionally for you, um, which means I'm, I'm going to be surrounding myself with people who make me feel good about me. I'm going to not be thinking about the affair or the fact that he's maybe, you know, wanting the separation, whatever that might be. I'm going to fill my mind with some other things. You know, these are the things that help us become the best us that we can be. And so when that is our main focus, then it doesn't really matter what our spouse is, uh, what we feel like our spouse is wanting or, or thinking, or if we feel like we're pushing them away. For those watching on video, my eye is watering because my contact is dry inside my eye. It's very painful. Um, but the, the whole point of the pies is you become the best you, you can be. The byproduct of the pies is that if anything works to get your spouse back to you, then this is something that will work for that. Because they see you being strong, being calm, being gentle. They see you being the best you that you can be. And from that, it goes back to that premise of there's something that attracted your spouse to you. And if anything works to get your spouse back to that, then this will help get your spouse back to that. Yes, except in the situation that you're describing, there's one caveat to that, mm-hmm. where you said he was attracted to you because you were in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't replicate that would be our strong recommendation. And the reason is mm-hmm. this. If that's what it's going to take to maintain the relationship, then you'll have to constantly be in need, which means that you can't be the person that you need to be or supposed to be. So be the strong you, and you can actually evolve into a situation where that you can help him rescue people. Now, not women in the sense he's rescuing now, not that way. I don't mean that. But if he has a need to rescue people, you can actually, by becoming stronger, become a partner with him like, okay, we can still do that while you're still loyal to me and I'm still loyal to you. But by demonstrating weakness to keep a person is at best a temporary solution Mm -hmm. that's eventually going to explode in your face. Mm -hmm. So our recommendation is keep working on those pies. Okay? Okay. um... Okay, I'd already pressed the button there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Melissa. I I did that twice today. I didn't mean to do that. But uh, So November 1st is when the online course comes open again? No. I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's not November 1st. Okay, that's why I was thinking it was five or six weeks away. And November 1st, like five weeks away? But I never said November 1st. You said November 1st. What day did you say? I didn't give a date. <laughs> You're the one who's putting dates out there. I didn't give a Maybe date. Maybe I need to go back to the hospital. 
I need to get this contact out of my eyes. They can put me back we in the psych ward. We are falling apart. <laughs> they can put me back in the psych ward. Um, just to, for future programs, let me mention a couple of things here, and that's this. Number one, we're going to start doing themes, which means we're going to start spending the ter- first 10 to 15 minutes of each program discussing a particular topic mm-hmm. and then taking at least at the top of the list would be people who are calling about that particular topic. Mm-hmm. And we'll start advertising that right away. And that'll be starting hopefully by next Monday. And secondly, I'm so sorry that occasionally it looks like I'm hanging up on people. It's just by the time I, I click that button, there's a delay before their voices go away. And so we're not meaning to be rude and hang up on people, but, but we're being limited more and more that we can't spend 10, 12, 15 minutes on a phone call because mm-hmm. there's so many people calling and, and we need to get to as many people as we possibly can. And so please understand that. We're not trying to be rude. We want to help you. And if you need more time, call our number here, 866-903-0990. And, and a, one of our client reps will help you get to the right resource you need to get to where people have more time than five or six minutes to answer your questions. Okay. I can't see. Well, I don't want to, I'm not going to go through all that because we're over time right now. Visit us at marriagehelper.com. Go to youtube.com slash marriagehelper. That's marriagehelper for all of the free videos. And mm-hmm. be sure to subscribe out there and call a number anytime you wish at 866-903-0990. Thank you for being with us today.